Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. As fall approaches, that means high school football season here in Muskegon County. And Muskegon County has really seen a lot of success over the years with our high school football team. So to talk more about those and talk in particular about Muskegon's football team, we have Michigan High School Athletic Association historian Ron Pesch joining us. Ron, welcome. Thank you. Let's begin just a little bit about how you became involved with the history of Muskegon football. Well, I was a graduate of Muskegon High School in 1979, went off to Muskegon Community College to uh, chase down what I was going to do with my future and happened to take a Muskegon history class by a couple of instructors out there. I needed to do a term paper. And in that 15 weeks, I chose to focus on the history of Muskegon Big Red football. Nobody had really put that together at that point, and I wanted to know more about what I saw in some of the trophy cases up at, at Muskegon. So I went digging into that history, found out that it went back to 1895, and I had a heck of a project on my hands to get done in 15 weeks. So I went at it, um, hitting microfilm, yearbooks, talking to individuals, trying to gather the information. I was really aiming at gathering scores. I wanted to know what the seasons were like, and if Muskegon won state championships, that's really how I got involved. And then out of that, you produced a large volume and a book, correct? Can you tell us a little bit about that's that? That's correct. Yeah, the, the project itself, I'm the first to say, was far from complete. My goal was to capture those scores and interesting tidbits along the way. Things like how uh, the big running back from Gary, Indiana, Emerson High, had done well against the Big Reds, although the, the team lost this this fullback, Alex Karras, was their big star. And, of course, he later went on to play for the Detroit Lions, and that's a whole other story. But things like that that caught my attention, how uh, fans from the stands at Hackley Stadium watched as uh, a large fire broke out in downtown Muskegon. Just oddball things like that. Anyway, the instructors themselves were not terribly impressed with what I did, and the project ended up with a C-. minus. I tossed it in a drawer, but pulled it out one day and decided, well, let's see if we can fill in some of these blanks. And that ultimately turned into a computer program to help me um, record the information, and then ultimately uh, a book celebrating the 100th year of Big Red football. C minus, though, that seems pretty rough. Well, you know, it's, it's funny where you find inspiration sometimes. Maybe that C minus was the kick that I needed to, to go finish this. As I always say to people, if, if you got some passion project that you find interest in, and the stories to be told can be captured by you. Um, don't be afraid to pick up a phone and try calling somebody or sending an email. You never know where they're going to take you. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the early Muskegon High School football teams. You said the first uh, team was organized in 1895. That's correct. What do we know about that team? Anything? Well, the, the team itself was organized by students with a school teacher up there that was willing to help them put the thing together. Um, they really didn't have coaches at the time. Those first uh, few years was really somebody was chosen captain, and he was the guy that, that helped put that team together. That, that first squad played Ferris Business School of Muskegon, uh, Obviously, uh, high school graduates that had formed a football team. They played the high school teams down in Grand Haven, and they met three times, uh, Muskegon coming out uh, on top with 
two of the three victories to proclaim themselves champions of, of Muskegon and Ottawa County. It was really, shall we say, the Wild West days of it, as as the sport really wasn't that old. It evolved from rugby and, and was becoming quite co- popular at colleges, and uh, that trickled down to the high school. So is Muskegon the earliest organized high school team in Muskegon County? Yes, yes, in Muskegon, and actually football itself at the high school level probably dates back to 1893 over in the Detroit area, 1892-1893. Ann Arbor had some teams. A lot of the bigger cities put out teams, but there were a number of small teams that, that played as well. And so how long did it take for the sport to kind of really develop and get off the ground in Muskegon County then? Oh, really from 1895 forward, Muskegon had a football team, and there were other teams in the area. One of the bigger differences back in that era to today is that there were city-type teams. The Muskegon Rifles uh, were a team, which was really just probably organized by some folks around town that had an interest in the sport that maybe had graduated or not graduated. Uh, there kind were YMCA like a teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who became Muskegon's early rivals then? Our first rival was really Grand Rapids Central. And that probably dates back to some of the baseball rivalries that had functioned around the time. But yeah, right off the bat, it was without question Grand Rapids Central. Now, that's quite the distance to cover in the 1890s. Do we know how the teams traveled to different locations? Yeah, mostly it was by train. You know, they'd take a train down to Grand Haven. They'd take a train over to Grand Rapids or those guys would come this direction. So train schedules obviously played a factor into that. And every now and then you'll read, not necessarily just in Muskegon, but elsewhere about how teams just didn't show up because a train was missed. A little later, Muskegon was playing some teams from actually Wisconsin and how uh, coming across on a boat ferry would uh, serve as a means of transportation for a team to get here. Where those early Muskegon teams very successful, or was it kind of hit and miss? Actually, they were they were pretty good. Muskegon had its first undefeated season in 1904. Their head coach was a former Muskegon grad, Robert Walker. And interestingly, he was the guy that we could really point to and say, this is where that tradition of Big Red football probably started. Intriguingly, he was the guy, after that undefeated season, that our rival, Grand Rapids Central, recruited to coach their football team, which set in motion a series of events where Grand Rapids Central chased him down in August. And Muskegon, the individual that could say yes or no to rehiring Walker, was out of town. And because of that, Walker ultimately accepted the Grand Rapids Central position. That created real havoc for Muskegon for the 1905 season. They were unable to secure anybody long-term, so they ultimately ended up inking one of Walker's assistants, a guy named Mortimer Jones, to coach the team. He had some assistance from a guy named Guy Johnson out of the University of Michigan for two weeks. But what was most interesting about this was that Mortimer Jones was a black man. And for that time period, it was very, very unusual for an African-American to coach a high school football team. Walker was pretty successful over in Grand Rapids, but only stayed for a couple of years. Mortimer Jones was head coach at Muskegon for just a single year. Muskegon ultimately signed an individual 
who was a sign painter visiting his brother in Grand Rapids. In the end, it was a stroke of brilliance. The guy they hired was a guy named Robert Zupke, who later went on to be um, a legend at the college football level at the University of Illinois and was the head coach of Red Grange when he was at Illinois. So Muskegon seen a lot of very successful players and coaches throughout history then. Because of Walker, because of the signing of Zupke, that really set the stage for what would happen in the years to come. So can you tell us a little bit about how Hackley Stadium or Hackley Field came around? About 1902, Charles Hackley bought a, a plot of land that sat directly behind the manual training that was up on the campus of what we know today as Muskegon High School with the intent that that would be developed into a football field. Muskegon, when they hired Zupke, found an individual that would be interested in developing that plot into a football stadium. And that's exactly what he did. A previous individual had laid it out, interestingly, into a field that would only have a football field of 50 yards. Zupke said that wouldn't work. And so he remapped it to what we know today as Hackley Field, and that came into play at Muskegon in 1907. And teams have been playing there ever since. Yep. From 1907 to the present day, that's been the spot of Hackley Field. And in 1927 is when they replaced the old wood bleachers with what we know today as, as Hackley Stadium. A lot of history behind the stadium as well as the football history too. Absolutely. It was built by an organization out of Cleveland, Ohio, the Osborne Engineering Company. The same individuals that built the big house at Michigan, Notre Dame Stadium, Yankee Stadium, the original Yankee oh, wow. Stadium. They were the developers of stadiums really in the Midwest and, and out east. And the team has really fit into that stadium and its high level of craftsmanship with high level of play there. Uh, how many titles does Muskegon football have? Well, there's really two periods of, of state championships in Michigan. There are the days before the current Michigan High School Athletic Association playoffs, which started in 1975, and all those years before. We, we call those mythical titles because two teams didn't clash necessarily on the gridiron to determine um, who would be state champs. But Muskegon claims 12 mythical state titles and six MHSAA titles. The first came in 1920, one of the protégés of of Zupke, a guy named J. Francis Jacks, was the head coach of that first state championship team. 1971 was the last of the mythical state championships. That was the team coached by Larry Harp. Just before that, 1951 is the one that a lot of people remember with uh, Earl Morrill as the quarterback of the, the Big Reds. But between 1920 and 51, you had teams that were coached by Jacks, and then his replacement, Celia Redman, won by Harry Potter, of course, in, in 1951, the Earl team. And then after that, Dave Taylor had a couple championships at Muskegon, followed by three by Tony Anise. And then, most recently, Shane Fairfield's state championship team. Now, how did those mythical championships work? So I know you had to have a pretty good record, and then it was kind of, was it voted on by the papers of the time? Most of the time, it was a media selection of who the top teams were. But 
pretty much a team that was undefeated, if they so desired, could lay claim to a mythical state championship. That was heavily debated in the, the newspapers. And so what you would see is, well, Muskegon finished the year at 9-0, 10-0. They beat these teams, other teams with like opponents. Both Muskegon and Flint Central defeated Grand Rapids Central. But Muskegon by a larger score, hence we've decided that, you know, Muskegon's going to be the mythical state champion. But there are years where you'll see Muskegon claims a championships, as does Flint Central or Flint Northern or a Saginaw school or a Detroit school. So that's the debate always on the mythical state championships is who really was the best of the bunch. It's always interesting, uh, a debate. Depends which side of the state you're asking on, who has more Very much like college football was yeah. up here until most recently. You still get the debates, even with the championships. Either way, though, Muskegon had lots and lots of success with their football program. Well, you know, and, and that came down to not just the coaching, but the players that came through there. It's an amazing array of individuals that populate the, the rosters of those uh, Muskegon teams all the way back. Since that 1895 team, there are over 200 individuals that have been singled out by the media with all state honors, either first team or second team. We're not talking about third team or honorable mention. There's many, many, many more that qualify under that area. But first team, second team, those are the big names in the state when the Detroit papers come out with their all state squads. And uh, yeah, Muskegon's been blessed with an awful lot of talent, both at the coaching level and at the skill level those guys play in. Do you have your top five Muskegon players of all time list in your head? <laughs> well, um, you know, it's very, very tough to come up with a, a top five. I'd probably say certainly the top two representative of Muskegon are Benny Ustruban, who was an all-time great at the University of Michigan, later coached both football and basketball there. And then Earl Morrill from the, the 51 team who had a uh, 20-plus year career in the NFL. Those are probably the two greatest, but it's pretty tough to go back and, and select a top five or top ten when it comes to players. The game's changed so, so much right. from what we saw back in 1895 to what happened around 1912 when the game started to open up, especially with guys like Zupke up there, into the, the 40s, 30s and 40s under Redmond to what we saw years later today with you know what's turned into quite often a pass first run second um, game as opposed to the three yards in a cloud of dust days of old now we talked a little bit about muskegon being very very successful and i know they actually rank nationally in victories not just statewide but nationally in victories correct um, that um, they they top 10 right are in the top 10 nationally um i think currently about number seven that, that varies both based on wins by other schools in other states, Valdosta, Georgia being the, the top team in the nation, as well as historians have gone back and, and started to do research on high school teams of old that have found some squads that people just had forgotten about that really rank up there. But yeah, Muskegon ranks number one in the state of Michigan with literally over 100 football victories more than the second place team, Ann Arbor Pioneer to number seven nationally. Do you know how many victories they have? Um, I can now? take a quick glance yeah. here and uh, tell you that at present they're over, well, they're eight 
47, 279, and 43 after uh, this past uh, victory over Warren De La Salle on, on Friday. How do they continue to have success year after year after year? Is there some secret in Muskegon? Well, you know, I think we're blessed with an area that still cherishes high school football. The success not only just at Muskegon, but later at, at Muskegon Heights and at the other schools in the area, they're all, shall we say, descendants of those early teams from Muskegon, from Muskegon Heights, from North Muskegon and the parochials that were in the area. That tradition lives on here. It's, it's lost in a lot of areas around the, the state, but this has always been a blue collar town. And that blue collar ethic really comes into play today when you're watching the Muskegon squad or the Oak Ridge squad or the Mona Shore squad or Muskegon Catholic, really anybody in the county. Um, you go over the, the teams that have won state championships here uh, under the playoff system. It's incredible. Uh, you know, it's one after another that has won at least one state title. Um, I think it's really that, that tradition. We're blessed with guys that like to give back um, as coaches, staying in the area, and then buy a blue-collar workout that, that's brought to the game by these kids that play today. Now, you had mentioned that list there, um, both Muskegon Heights and Mona Shores, who I know have historically and currently are Muskegon's rivals. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the rivalries they've had? Well, the you know, the team that replaced Grand Rapids Catholic Central on the squad or on the uh, schedule as the, the, the main rival was, without question, Muskegon Heights. You got two schools that were literally about a mile apart from each other. And the story goes, uh, the bands used to march back and forth for the big game. Right around when a guy named Oscar Yoki Johnson took over the program at Muskegon Heights, things changed around here. All of a sudden, you had two of the finest football teams in the state going head-to-head -head against each other initially during the middle of the season, ultimately as the end game of the year. And these two really loved to play football, and it was all about bragging rights, not only across the state, but locally in the city. When Oki Johnson took over, initially Muskegon beat up on him very quickly, but within five years, all of a sudden, they had replaced Grand Rapids Central as the rival for Muskegon. They talk about that season-ending game usually played at Muskegon High School at Hackney Stadium. The 1945 game attracted 13,500 fans wow. to Hackley Stadium because you had both teams undefeated going into that contest. Muskegon had been mythical state champs in 44. In that game, the Heights ultimately won 7-6. to six. And that game featured uh, an incredible goal line stance where they kept Muskegon from scoring in four straight plays to win that ball game. And that basically sealed the, the legend of the, the Muskegon-Muskegon Heights game. As time went on, as things changed in town, ultimately Mona Shores today has become the big rival. That wasn't the rivalry that started when Shores opened by any means. It's really a rivalry that, that's taken off when Matt Kosiak went back to, to Mona Shores and it's led that team and, and that's now the big game on, on the Muskegon schedule. So you kind of mentioned about some pretty memorable Muskegon games. I know you're a big fan of the Big Reds and you go to a lot of games. What's your 
most memorable game you can recall that you were at? Well, without question, most memorable for me would be the um, 86 state championship. When the playoffs kicked off in 75, it was very, very tough for a team to, to make the field of play um, for that championship. There were numerous undefeated teams across the state that didn't make the playoffs for the first several years as they were tweaking that system. Muskegon went through a very, very rough patch, um, 1981, 82, 83. And you started to see a shift where it really looked like, okay, this might be the end for that successful program. But Dave Taylor came back and, and ended up coaching at Muskegon. And in 1985, Muskegon made their first appearance in the state champ or in the state playoffs, um, ended up losing to, to Traverse City and he came up there. But in 1986, they were back in the playoffs and Taylor's squad went down to the Pontiac Silverdome and won a state championship, the first for the school. In 89, they won another. And it was apparent that, you know, the tradition was still there. That 86 game, I can remember being seated in the, in the stands cheering for the Big Reds and, and sent chills up your spine watching that team bring hope that, that state championship that everybody had hoped for. Now, I know you kind of mentioned um, some of the fans and you being a fan there. Um, what can you tell me about Muskegon's fan base? I know they're a pretty passionate bunch. They are. They're, they're a knowledgeable bunch. They know their football, and they're not afraid to express their opinions. Hackney Stadium is a pretty unique environment to go watch a football game. There's no track around the field today. Um, there was uh, initially, but with the remodel and renovations up there that occurred in the 90s that, that changed. So you'll hear coaches talk about how they can hear very, very clearly the opinions of those, those fans. But again, it's... Uh, we're blessed with an area that has a lot of tradition and a lot of people who love their high school football. And that that facility is a, a place where you're going to have a challenge coming in here and, and try to take a victory from the Big Reds on that home field. There's coaches both here and elsewhere that have said, you know, it's a, a great place to play and a tough place to play. What's your prediction then for this year's Big Reds teams? Are you going to have nice things to say or uh, some criticisms? you know, I got to see them over in Detroit, Wayne State, this past weekend. And, of course, they have Cameron Martinez, uh, quarterback in the team, and he's uh, big news, uh, committed to Ohio State. He's he's a very, very talented ball player. Um, They did a a nice job against Warren De La Salle. And, you know, of course, it's the first game of the season. That's always... Not necessarily a, a great place to judge the success of the, the season, but without question, Muskegon should do well. You know, they're ranked high in the, the state pools out of Detroit. They looked very, very good. That defense was impressive, and that's something that is always um, kind of a, a telltale sign at Muskegon. That defense is strong. I think the offense will follow up. So I'm hoping to see them back in at Ford Field. I've been down there watching state championships for over 30 years now and it's always nice to see um, Muskegon squads not just Muskegon but anybody from the area down there because this town's passionate about its football and they love going down to Detroit now to watch those teams I'm, I'm hoping to see the Big Reds down there again 
you know, once a big red, always a big red, as they say, and I'm a 79 grad. Both my sons graduated from there. So without question, it's one of my favorite places to be on a, well, it is my favorite place to be on a Friday night. Thank you very much, Ron, for sharing some of the history of Muskegon football with us. Absolutely. I appreciate the chance to talk about it.